Well, hello there, Jack. How are you? Good morning, Si. Long time no see. I'm very well. And yourself? I am A-OK. This is episode number what of our podcast season? Um, you put me on the spot, but I'm glad I looked it up in advance. This is episode <laughs> number 62. Can you believe it? Wow, wow, wee, wow. You couldn't get through the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but you could, get, <laughs> you could give it a right good go in that period. <laughs> you could do. Right, OK, can I just send Jack? Five, six, seven, eight... Welcome to Black Eyes Employment Team Podcast, where you have your very own employment lawyer in your pocket. This podcast is intended for managers and business owners and intends to keep you on the straight and narrow with your staff. And this is our law behind the headlines, take two season. Take two. Take two. We're going to have a look at some stories which are making the headlines and ask ourselves, is this case for real? How did the employer get away with that? And what is the law behind the headlines? Cases in this season will have a particular focus on discrimination themes, Sai. Okay, with that in mind, let's talk about the first case in this podcast season. The case is Knox against Chief Constable of Merseyside Police. So Foxy Knoxy was a constable with the Merseyside Police Force and he had four children at the time of the events in focus and he'd also lost his father. Okay, so he was also caring for his elderly disabled mother with the help of other family and friends. And the force, let you understand, operates a three-weekly shift pattern to reflect the need for round-the-clock policing for care responsibilities. Mr Knox had an agreed PER 50, that's capital P, capital E, capital R, PER 50 shift rota in place from 2010. I wonder what that stands for, eh? That's a sort of police language for flexible working pattern or something. Mm-hmm. I know it's ahead to in this um, podcast. Cannot compute why you're singing side. You know, Jack, you're a bad colleague and a bad friend. You know what I'm talking about. Okay, Come on, you go. Go on, then you go. Right, well, in March of 2016, there was a female police officer. Remember, Mr Knox is a man. And she made one of these per 50 applications for childcare reasons and that was granted by the force so that was March 2016 and then in May 2016 so just a couple of months later Mr Knox made another per 50 application to change his shift times and this was rejected by the force. Hmm, Interesting and in summer 2016 Mr Knox made another per 50 request and this time seeking for working for a nine to five working pattern Tumble out of bed and tumble to the kitchen <laughs> for myself a cup of ambition. Enough of that, sir. You're hurting my lungs. <laughs> okay, so number, summer 2016, Mr. Knox made another pair 50 request, this time speaking to work a nine to five pattern. This hmm. was approved to commence in January 2017. Have you got one of those in place, Sire, per 50? Jack. <laughs> Jack. <laughs> Mr. Knox told a colleague about his successful application and this colleague PC Rylands sounds like a funny guy he was good <laughs> friends with Mr Knox and um, after the disclosure about the pair 50 PC Rylands began to tease Mr Knox in a good natured way whistling the famous Dolly Parton 9 to 5 working 9 to 5 what a way to make a living <laughs> uh, and also rather comically Ryland placed a picture of Dolly Parton with the words 9 to 5 at the claimant's workstation. What a funny guy. What a neat guy. A year on, 
Mr Knox lodged grievances alleging that different people had discriminated against him and harassed him. And rather was not mention the grievance unbelievably. Hmm. Strange one. Mm-hmm. And then in February of 2017, Mr Knox received an email, as did other colleagues, requiring them to begin a shift at 7 in the morning. So remember, his shifts didn't start until 9. 9 this to was 5. 9 to 5. And this was part of a special <laughs> operation. <laughs> Mr Knox sort of emailed in response to this to advise that he was unable to manage these early shifts following which he commenced a period of sick leave based on stress, anxiety, and in fact never did return to work. Okay, sad times for Mr Knox. Um, during his absence at a time when an occupational health appointment was pending, Mr Knox received an email from a sergeant, which Mr Knox found intimidating. This included an instruction to return to work, and if he didn't return to work, formal procedures would be invoked. He was also visited at home, given a return to work plan, being instructed to sign to acknowledge receipt of his return to work plan. So, that's the story. They're the facts of the story. What's happening to this case then, Jack? I'm going to go with police officer who sued force after <laughs> colleague called him Dolly Parton because he only worked 9 to 5, loses sex harassment claim. <laughs> that, was that the actual headline, Jack? Yeah, that was the actual <laughs> headline. How's about, pardon me, my colleague's a comedian. <laughs> There you go. That's good, isn't it? That's Pardon good. me. Pardon, I like that. Pardon one. me. That's the best we can do. PC working nine to five sues force for Dolly Parton slur. Who wins? You win, Simon. <laughs> you always manage to beat the, the broadsheets on these ones. Okay, so what points were considered during the course of the hearing, then, Jack? Well, firstly, PC Knox alleged that he'd been discriminated against on the basis of sex mm-hmm. in the context of his flexible working request. Because it was rejected, he compared himself with the female officer who had her request accepted. Hmm, interesting claim. Yep, unfortunately for uh, Mr Knox, this allegation was time-barred, more than three months old, and the tribunal decided it was not just inequitable to extend the time, so he, he missed the boat on that one. Okay. Tribunal also considered whether PC Ryland's Dolly Parton jibes were in fact related to the claimant's sex, which... They could be, couldn't they? Yeah, they could have been. They could have He's been. He's saying nine to five, you're a man, that's related to sex. Trudeau was able to dodge this question too because, again, regrettably for Mr. Knox, it was out of time. Not a surprise there. I mean, he waited a year to lodge the grievance. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. The next point was it reasonable for Mr. Knox to have felt harassed by the instruction to return to work and the warning? of more formal action if he didn't return. Imagine about that. Do you think it's reasonable for the employee to feel harassed after an instruction? I don't know. I mean, I did read some of the correspondence and it did sound like they were a little bit heavy-handed. And you know that the ACAS code says you've got to be deal with absent employees in a sympathetic manner. Yes, 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 yes. Is that enough to be harassed? I don't know. We'll find out. And was it related to disability? Another question to answer by the tribunal. Had the claim been victimised because he was un- he undertaken certain protected acts, including the request for information? And was he subjected to a detriment when the police force allegedly mishandled those subject access requests? Hmm, okay, what did the tribunal find then, Jack, in the end for this claim? So, the tribunal found that there were detriments for example, failing to respond to his subject access request within the 40-day time frame, mm-hmm. as was then in place, mm-hmm. and also delaying to look for emails that Mr Knox had asked for. 
Interesting. Drew went on to conclude that these detriments were motivated by the fact that Mr Knox had made a protected act. Tribunal found the respondents, so the police force, were batting the claimant away and blocking his request for information. So, um, the claim for sex discrimination, the Dolly Parton chat... Any chance, Simon? Any chance? get old, do you think? No, not not in this not in this fifteen minute snippet. <laughs> but unfortunately for the claimant, although that was of course the the bit that the, the tabloids jumped upon, that part of the claim was not successful. Which begs the question: Why we're talking about this case today, Jack? Doesn't it? <laughs> well, it does, but it gives us a chance to show off our uh, vocal range of Dolly Parton. <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, and he was successful um, on disability related harassment and victimisation. Very, very, very interesting, isn't it? It is indeed. So the Dolly Parton chat failed, but other claims were successful mm-hmm. in terms of what he claimed. That's interesting. Okay, so our three takeaway tips, Jack? Yeah, so I was kind of getting back to what I mentioned earlier was that if you are dealing with matters of sickness absence as an employer, particularly where there are mental health considerations in the mix, a consistent and sympathetic approach should be taken, and that's what the ACAS guide suggests. Okay. Tip two, I think, is the employment judge is not always right. In this case, strangely, the two panel non-lawyers outvoted the employment judge, so that was why, in this case, the two non-lawyers were successful without voting the employment judge. So again, the employment judge was not found to be correct in this case. Yep. So Very frustrating for the employment judge, isn't it? Must be, it must be. But that's what happens and um, of course the law is a large part of these decisions but it's also based on facts as well and the interpretation of the facts which is where the wing members have their own particular value especially. Mm -hmm. And the third takeaway tip, always comply with the statutory requirements in relation to a subject access request, particularly if there's a concern that the employee has raised some concerns about discrimination. Okay. That's very interesting. So, Jack, what do I say to you when you finish work at five o'clock? What's my you standard would normally pattern? ask me, either you would say nothing and just look at your watch with a quizzical <laughs> glance, or you would maybe ask me if I'm taking a half day today. <laughs> <laughs> and is that actionable? Do you have a claim against black hatters for that? Well, I would question if you would say the same comments to a female, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to pull at that thread. What do I say to you, Simon, when you rock up in the morning, very close to nine o'clock? You say, partner. <laughs> anyway, that concludes that. If you like this podcast, do subscribe to this podcast using your normal podcast host. And if you feel free to leave us a review as well, this is the first episode in our new series. So we are a little bit rusty. We haven't been in the podcast in studio for a while. Speak tough, Jack. So please leave us a review. Cheers for listening. We will see you next week. Cheers and cheerio. Bye.